This is The Optimized Mind. My name is Lawrence Lanoff. Today we're going to be speaking to a very good friend of mine, Griff Green. He's the founder of Giveth.io. It's a uh, an environment for on the blockchain for giving quite an incredible project i'll let him discuss it he'll discuss it in this podcast griff and i came to know each other at burning man he is one of those humans that has been a big influence on my life by opening me to the possibility of cryptocurrency which of course began to transform my thinking about what value is what money is all of those things and and that's part of what I'm sharing with you. This is a joint venture podcast with Tai Talk, which is the environment of token AI, which is a a mixture of artificial intelligence and the blockchain. It's a way of thinking about thinking, looking at thinking differently. Very exciting powerful thing that is the context I wanted to let you listen in on this conversation this is about a two hour podcast so I'm not going to lie you probably want to take your time digesting it but I, I basically just wanted you to hear us geek out about cryptocurrency the beauty of it the value of it the possibility of it why I'm so excited about it when I had my awakening experiences, but uh, all the way beginning back to like 1999, but in in 2006, for me, it became clear that money was something that, um, in essence, was was a an arbitrary construct. And one that we are all in the gravitational pull of because you and I have inherited that. We've inherited the the value. We've inherited what it means. We've inherited, you know, so many different things, and um, including the pain and suffering of money. Money really is is biblical of a biblical proportion and biblical in its nature. So it's uh, it's a very odd kind of. Uh, structure that we've inherited but then there is something disruptive like blockchain which comes along and and says hey we don't have to be dependent on other you know on these centralized governments to control our money and tell us what's good and bad and right and wrong and if you're a, a listener to this podcast of course you you know how i feel about a centralized god delusion and um and what that means and what it is and you know how really debilitating it is for humanity it's in a way i feel like like god was great in building you know the idea of god the belief in god was a, was great in building this world and it is now in the process of destroying it from the various uh religions that believe that they have the way so this podcast is an exploration of removing the uh, belief systems, uh, the, you know, kind of give you an understanding, lift up the hood and help release the belief systems of money 
and uh, help you just see why I love cryptocurrency so much, why I want to get you excited about it, and why I'm working so hard on creating an entirely new uh, modality in token AI, which is just taking these two very powerful disruptive technologies and bringing them together on in a in a new token, if you will. So that's what we're talking about here, just kind of different ways in which we can use blockchain technology to transform our thinking and transform our world. And, and we're here, we're in it. And all of you, you know, the, the 5,000 or so listeners who, you know, have really been, have been hanging with me through, you know, lots of difficult conversations. I wanted to share this with you because the, the, you know, I feel like in my awakening process, I was looking for something, a mythological free kind of currency. And I found that in, in the blockchain and in cryptocurrencies in general, many of them, not all of them, obviously, there's a lot of BS out there, belief systems as well. So, so let's, without further ado, let's get started here. Uh, you'll be listening to a basically an unedited version of a very deep and rich conversation I had with Griff Green of giveth.io. Stay tuned, enjoy, and sit back and relax. in life is what you believe that's incorrect. Life is filled with spiritual bait that is trying to take you in an infinite number of directions, all of which will lead you to the same place, which is nowhere. things in life that cause us genuine shame and guilt are because we're asking the wrong question. Because if you're dealing with reality, all of the things you've been struggling with, maybe around sex, body, self-esteem, depression, all of those things 
begin to drop away when you see life clearly. The question is, what are you upgrading your life with? Are you upgrading your life with more BS, more belief systems, or are you upgrading your life with reality? The future you will never be unless you change right now. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am here with my good friend Griff and we, uh, my intention in this is to, uh, our intention is to blow your mind, but I, but I do want to, I want to, I'm really curious, like how you describe yourself. Like, what do you, when, when people say like, who are you and what, what do you do? Like, what do you say? Yeah. The story, right? Yeah. I don't know. I usually I have to throw out the Dow because I, it's a pretty big project and I was a huge part of it. So you know, I was community organizer for the Dow. I'm founder of Giveth, uh, co-founder of the White Hack Group. And uh, I don't know, I have a master's degree in digital currency and I'm just an all around like positive guy who loves crypto and is kind of obsessed with it. Right. I mean, I think that's like, I think those are like, that's the perfect the perfect highlight of it. And I, and I, I want to say a couple things about you just personally. Um, uh, you are somebody who absolutely like, like there are people that come into your lives. And um, if you've never read this book called consequential strangers, you should read this. You should definitely read this book because I guarantee yeah. you that you and I are doing this all the time, yeah. but, but it's basically a stranger who comes into your life and it might be a simple conversation and uh, and it totally changes the course of your life. And you may never see them again. In some cases, if you're lucky, you will. And yeah. uh, but I feel like you're that you you have been that person in my life and have changed. Um, uh, you know, you've changed pretty much literally every aspect of my life. <laughs> oh, thanks. I, I think. Thank you. No, it's a it's a huge thank you. It is a huge thank you. So I want to uh, the constant consequential stranger guy because i was just having uh, a meeting not really a meeting a guy who works with ipfs which is really incredible technology randomly came to the giveth office today and was talking with jordy and they were trying to build a, a network for like uh, how to decentralize the internet in, in catalonia because they have a major issue that the spanish government controls the internet infrastructure right. and as they were talking they talked about their origin stories because that's what you do when you meet crypto people. You know, how'd you get into this space? And they actually were at the same uh, talk from the same guy. It was a meetup that this guy, random guy, totally, you know, just a random guy giving a talk about decentralization. That he didn't talk about crypto. He didn't talk about anything. And that totally changed Jordy's life and Victor from IPFS. Just like revolutionized it. Like Victor went deep into IPFS and. Jordy went deep into Ethereum, and now they're both really like important, really important people in the space. Uh, just because some guy gave a talk in Barcelona, you know. Wow. Well, and that is my point. Like that's it. So, so what is your origin story? 
Oh, my story. Let's see. Well, I was always, I was always really uh, fearful, not fearful, but uh, skeptical of the banking system and yeah. Federal Reserve notes and that whole game. I didn't really like, I didn't really like the way it was set up. The second I learned about how it really worked, I was disgusted. And so I just felt like I didn't want, and you know, I was always kind of a conscientious objector towards a lot of the stuff that the U.S. government was doing. And so I just didn't want to be any part of the system. And I, I actually started buying gold and silver bars, you know, like real physical <laughs> gold. I had all my money in that. And this was in 2008, 2007. I started buying and gold was really cheap. And, uh, and so it was like a, re self, like a reinforcing like, thing because it kept going up. And I was a chemical engineer at the time and I just kept buying. And then I was like, man, fiat money is stupid. Who does that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so then I kind of, I stopped do doing the chemi thing and retired and I'd heard about Bitcoin and I retired, you know, I, I had enough money to just go travel for a little bit. Yes. And uh, I'd heard about Bitcoin when it was $5, but I could never figure out how to buy it. And finally, somebody told me how to buy it. Uh, well, actually, they said they'd buy it for me. So I sold like $3,000 worth of gold and silver. And I ended up with uh, $1,500 worth of Bitcoin and $1,500 worth of altcoins, Litecoin, Namecoin, Purecoin, like those guys. And uh, as Bitcoin's price started, this was in 2013. And uh, as Bitcoin's price started to go up, I sold off all the Bitcoin because I was like, oh my God, I just like quadrupled my money. This is incredible. Right. But then it just kept going up, you know, hit a thousand. And I never really looked at the other altcoins because I didn't know how to sell them. And then I looked and Litecoin went from $2.50 to 40 bucks. And I was just like, what? You know, like $500 turned into 17 grand. And I was used to staying at a hostel for $4 a night, you know, and like I was living off nothing. So I, I was like, I could live off this for a year. What is this stuff? Yeah, yeah. And so I just dove in and the more I understood, the more I loved everything about it. Mm -hmm. So I just, I was just like, I, I'm sure you've heard Andreas Antonopoulos' uh, story about how he's just obsessed. Like I feel the same way. And, uh, and Andreas was a huge part of it. I just loved everything he had to say. And so uh, I wanted to be like the Andreas Antonopoulos of Ecuador. And so I went to Ecuador and was breaking the college classrooms, telling them, like, giving everybody a little bit of Bitcoin and just telling them about how it's going to change the world. And it had a special value in Ecuador because they're actually using the U.S. dollar and they have a 5% tax on sending money out of the country. And so I thought, well, this, is an, this has a special use case here, you know. Uh, but then the Ecuadorian government decided to make their own digital currency, this little cell phone money thing, and make Bitcoin illegal. So uh, luckily, while that was happening, I was focusing on uh, decentralizing the sharing, de uh, the sharing economy uh, and wrote like a white paper. This is all for school. I was getting my master's degree in digital currencies. Uh, and I wrote a white paper about a bike sharing economy that had a, what I call a DAC, uh, a, a decentralized autonomous corporation. That was the BitShares terminology. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, was, it was eerily similar to what a company called Slocket was doing. And so I was like bombarding them. I will work for free. Like, yeah. please send them probably like 10 emails. And this was before really anyone knew about them. I just like Googled de decentralized sharing economy, found those guys, and then started working on the Slocket project. They, they liked my enthusiasm. 
I think I sent them a video I did in Guatemala presenting my bike training <laughs> project, right? And uh, yeah, and then I just like uh, got really enthused about the DAO and learned about Ethereum and smart contracts and how revolutionary the technology can be and how powerful it all is. And it just, and then, uh, you know, it was one thing after another, the DAO, then the DAO hack, the white hack group, the, you know, uh, give it and just talking with getting, when the DAO happened, I got really, uh, I was a point person and I got really uh, strong ties in the Ethereum community. And so I, I was able to just like keep, I just felt so familiar, you know, like the, the family atmosphere in Ethereum is so nice compared to other cryptocurrency groups. And, you know, I, I feel like that's the real strength of this of this community. And so uh, I, I've just been like kind of play, doing whatever I can to help the other people that really love the Ethereum community and try to protect all, us against from all the scams and this uh in this, all these security channels, and it's just really fun, you know. Like, I, I just can't get enough of this stuff. Yeah, I mean that, um, dude. I mean that's that's incredible, and and I have to say, like, that comes across, and I think that's what inspired me. And in one piece, I didn't know this about your stories. So one piece that I I just want to highlight is that you know, for a lot of us, there's the tragedies for a lot of people like the tragedies and when you're when you're in this community uh, and I'll I'll share with you a quick story about that but but um when you're in this community like there's going to be I I tell people right now like look if you don't want to projectile vomit a couple times a month you're not in cryptocurrency like <laughs> right you're on a ride and there's yeah. you know there's just like these epic you know just shakespearean proportions of drama um, right. So, and, and I have to say like the, the conversation getting back to our conversation where you, it was really the beginning of like you changed in that second, every area of my life. But now I see why, because you had gone through the Dow hack and you, you survived that and you built community out of that. And, um, when I, uh, lost all of my Bitcoin in, uh, in empty gox yeah um there was not community you were just you know no there weren't pe i mean there were angry people but um but it was just it wasn't community it wasn't like people got together and was like what the hell happened here um it was just devastation and i basically just felt like you know, all the naysayers who were like, oh, Bitcoin, that's so stupid. I was just like, man, they're right. You know, and I was like in that space from November or December, whenever that was, whenever it really fell apart, early 2014 to um, to the to the moment I met you, even though I started buying back in very tentatively. Um, I met you and I, you know, told you my story and you were like, that's awesome. You're an, <laughs> you're an OG. You're an original gangster, man. You went in, you were in the empty cox. You know, and I was like, I was like, what? And yeah. it just, I remember feeling in my brain, everything just going like, zoop. it just shifted. Like, I was like, oh, he gets it. And you just helped me completely reframe it because in a way I felt that I never was really, I personally was never really, I was hurt. I was financially, it was devastating, oh, yeah. but, but, um, I didn't really lose faith in it. It was just, 
nobody understood. They were like, why the hell would you still be investing in this thing? Like, what are you insane? And then, yeah. yeah. And the worst part is the Bitcoin community at the time was like, well, what are you thinking? You're not holding your own. Exactly. Account. That's right. Like, the, the community didn't feel bad for anyone. That's the, right. And that's the attitude of the Bitcoin community. It's like, yeah, guess what? We don't care. You're, it's not about humans. It's about the technology. Right. And I think that like, there's that's the big shift is that I feel like the Ethereum, uh, like the people that really are in the Ethereum culture, it, it's not about the money. In fact, talking about the money, uh, one of the best moves that they ever made was any conversation about the price in the Ethereum subreddit is kicked out, like just downvoted and get out of here. We don't want to talk about the price. Yeah. We're so into the technology and how that technology can actually be applied to make the world a better place, to improve people's lives. Whether it's for profit, you know, uh, and usually it's for profit, of course. I I'm more on the nonprofit side, but uh, usually it's for profit and there's nothing wrong with making profit. But we don't need to be talking about money all the time. That conversation, money is just like wrecks people's minds a little bit. It does. Bit. It does. And and I think I think you hit on it exactly right. I mean, that's part of what I was what I was seeing. You have newbies coming into the space and they don't understand community. They're kind of more like, you know, whatever. They're just like, oh, opportunity. You know, there's gold in the Mar Hills. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and of course that that is that is hiding. And this is what I want to talk to you about. Really, I want to kind of like I want to say if you were free to like paint, uh, uh, like to really go out there, um, I want to explore that a little bit with you because I think we can. I think we can geek out and and you know go out to the edges of what we think is possible and then kind of help people come back. But but the but the main thing I want to say I want to highlight is what you created for me is you created family and connection. And every single person I've met who's been one way or uh, another associated, even competitors and, you know, quote unquote, in the traditional frameworks are the community senses beyond anything. And um, the family and, and people like I really see people who see a much bigger vision. And when we're talking about money, um, it, it, when we're talking about that, like, oh, what's the, you know, what price, like these become they they once you're down this path a ways they're completely irrelevant conversations and and when i was a noob you know i was like i was like well let me help me understand you know what and i was trying to understand it from that perspective so i get it like that's an entry point like you're just like oh you, you of course right I mean, that's the best selling point we have it's like look this money keeps going up in value right don't you want in and i mean like uh that was definitely what got me in as well you know i bought some because i mostly because i believed in the technology and i wanted to diversify just naturally i just wanted to diversify i had most of my money in gold and silver and i just wanted to try to like you know i i don't want to be part of the system so i can't buy stocks i can't buy so i just got some bitcoin you know because it's like oh that's cool but once i read more there's just so much more than i mean it, it and what is cool there is some cool stuff about money you know, and, but, and, and it's the experimentation of indirect exchange, you know, that we can go philosophical about money where it's not about making money, but it's about making money systems and yes. experimenting with different ways to model an economy. 
I mean, we have this broken story of money that is, I, I shouldn't say it's broken at all. In fact, the, the, the story around money, because, okay, you changed my life in many ways. The, your book really blew my mind, you know? So, like, uh, I, I see everything as a story now. And, you know, any, and especially money. Money is, like, the biggest joke. I have some money right here, right? Exactly. Like it's the biggest joke, dude. It's just a piece of paper. Yeah. It means nothing, yeah. right? But every human who sees this paper overlays a story on top that's of it. That's correct. And, and that's, that's so powerful. And, and what does that story say? Like, what, does, what is that story in our mind? You know, and generally that's, and there's, there's something messed up about that story because this is supposed to model real things. Yeah. And yet it's not real because, and the biggest way that I don't see it as a natural object is that you can't have too much of it. And that's the part of the story that I feel Ooh. like. Yeah, because because like you have this, you have this like if you have too many if you have too many mangoes, it's a problem. They're gonna start to rot. You know, I love mangoes. You know, but the, if you have too many, it's Ooh, a if you have too many chairs, if you have too many TVs, you know, it's like all these things become. They have storage costs. They have this. They have that. But if you have too much money. You can't, that's not even a thing. You can't have too much money. If you're Bill Gates, you know, and you have the most money in the world, you still want more. And that means that anytime you have, that you can never be satiated. You're always in a scarcity mindset. Money puts people in a scarcity mindset, no matter what, you know? And that's like, uh, that's one of the biggest things that sells Airbnb and Uber to me, at least. There's no conversation about money. You get in the Uber, right. you, you get somewhere. The conversation about money is between you and your phone. Yeah. Done, right? Uh, I hope to do that with Give It as well, but oh, you know that's that's another story. Uh, but anyway, the cool thing about crypto is that we have the opportunity to rewrite the story of money. This story of money was created not not by 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 governments, in my opinion. You know, and banks. And that's the, that's those are the people who wrote the story of money, and now we have an opportunity where anyone can build their own economy. Anyone can create their a, a currency for their community, and you know there's a lot of hate on the ICOs these days, and for good reason. There's a lot of them that are just taking advantage of a very liquid uh, you know situation where anyone can send ether from anywhere in the world without doing any due diligence. And boom, you just get 30 grand from some grandma or something, right? Probably not a grandma. Not too many grandmas. Probably not a grandma. Are hanging out with 30 grand of ether. But still, you know, and uh, it's so, you know, the ICO thing is, is, getting, is getting scammy. And we really need to somehow self-regulate. And I think that there will be opportunities. There already are starting to be, like, people you can trust that do good ICOs. You know, if, if I'll tell you right now, if, if we do an audit, like Jordy, Jordy uh, Bellina and I uh, do some audits once in a while. I just do it all under his name, though. Um, he he because he's doing the auditing. I just like edit his blog post. Um, but, uh, you know, if uh, we do an audit, I'll tell you, we don't do audits for anyone. You know, we do audits for people that we believe in and trust. And I feel that there are other people in, in the space that can kind of give the stamp of approval. But the concept of ICOs is incredible oh it's okay. epic you can create your own economy and anytime that you have a transaction in your economy 
that adds value to your economy. Anytime you're using someone else's system of money, you're adding value to their system. But if you can in, in create your own economy and you can capture all of that value yourself when people are transacting, that adds to your economy. And this is powerful. You know, you can build communities at this. Global communities are starting to form. And I honestly think that they're going to become more important than nations, than the, the local communities that are around. And I, I think that we're moving towards this direction. And what's really nice about that is you opt in to these communities. Right. No one can actually impose, use my cryptocurrency or else. Like, you yeah, just right. can't no, do you that. You can't do that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Russia's trying. We'll see. They might try it. But you can't, in general, it's an opt-in, opt-out situation. Even when the Ethereum hard fork happened with the Dow, which I had a front row seat, I, mean, I was behind the projector practically, right? right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we, in Ethereum, we had pretty much 100% consensus. Everyone had to choose to upgrade their, their clients. If you were running Mist, if you were running everything, we, we gave everybody the opportunity. Because the people who actually wrote the software for the hard fork always said, hey, if you want to, you can opt in. Otherwise, otherwise you're on ETC. If you did nothing, you end up on the Ether, Ether Classic chain. And a lot of people ended up in the Ether Classic chain and then switched over, right? Because they're like, oh, no, right? But then there were still some people that were like, whoa. Like, that hacker played the game fair and square. Yeah, okay, he stole money that wasn't his, but hey, those, that's, the, that's the game of life. We're from the Bitcoin world. We don't care about humans, right? I mean, at least, sorry, I'm biased. Let me just throw that out oh, there. I get it, I get it. Right? But, uh, you know, they thought, hey, the immutability is more important than keeping people happy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so... They actually, Bitcoiners actually supported the hacker and all the people who held ETC and bought up that currency. And it lives. And there's no way, that, there's nothing that we could do to stop that. That is, that is like a tenant of blockchain technology. 99% cannot oppress the 1%, right? right? And, and that's, I mean, that's, that's a technological revolution. It's never happened before. So uh, I, I'm pretty excited about the potential here. And the potential of people creating their own currencies. Yeah, I mean, dude, you 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 have so far in this call, and I have to say that um, this does not happen very often. But you have blown my mind three times already. So uh, so thank you for that. So the first thing, um, which is so powerful, man. Right. So I use these in other terms when I'm talking about mythologies. I'll use the word mythology, story, symbols, kind of interchangeably. But um, but dude, that's fascinating. That is how you know money is not real because you can never have enough. And so what that does is it plays into our scarcity mentality. And, you know, we, we come from scarcity. I mean, we as humans, uh, through our evolution, scarcity is a very real thing. We're programmed for it. But, but money is kind of like one of those weird hacks that hacks our neurology and our psychology and our physiology. And so no matter how much you get, you always want more. Um, and that's a problem because, because we're actually living in an abundant world. And I did a little pod on this, but, um, you know, because I was just like, I was like, when I, when I was listening to the Equifax hack by the way which is you know yeah. 
I mean, you know, when people are when people are like, oh, the Dow, you know, I'm like, oh, yes, and this is going on all the time, like, yeah, right. I and mean, I mean, that's a huge reason for cryptocurrencies. Absolutely, huge reason Every for crypto time. and decentralizing and identity like us owning our own identity and i mean i could go on to 10 different technologies just based on the equifax hack yeah. right yeah but but there was major progress on that two days ago to add uh something that would make it uh, in this hard fork they added a little feature that makes it really easy to do proxy identities they just oh. added an op code specifically for that so that you can easily create a contract that's yours and then you can say hey this is my address and you can change you can change a contract underneath it, so you can upgrade effortlessly and still have the same address. And uh, uh, it's it's gonna it's really huge for all the you know uh, sovereign identity guys. Wow, that's that's big. I mean, that's a that's a that's a fascinating thing. And you know, I hope people listening to this like part of why I wanted to do this is I wanted to stimulate people's imaginations and have them start to start to see that we are truly in a world of infinite value right now. It is like you in your lifetime, you will not be able to, there's not enough that you're going to be able to do, but all of us who are, who are true believers in this space, man, we're going to be on our deathbeds. We're going to be like, Oh wait, what about this? Because it's, it's that much of a revolution and, um, and it's going to take all of us and more and, you know, generations before we see the full, you know, the full power of just the, the ideas behind it. So, um, so the first thing is like, okay, so, you know, it's like right now I'm noticing this thing with relationships where people are like chasing ideals. Um, and I feel like money is that ideal. It's like, oh, I need more, more, more. But once you step into this world and you, you have the relaxation of watching, a living and breathing currency that's like opening and closing and opening and closing and it like expands and it contracts, but it's alive, right? Your dollar only goes one direction. Like this, this thing, this thing can only go one way. Um, yeah. Down. Exactly. I mean, it's the Federal, it's the Federal Reserve's job to exactly. make sure your dollar is worth 98 cents next year. That's right. It's their job. It's their job. <laughs> that's, that's what they do. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And people want to get as much of that as possible. I don't even get it. Yeah. It's like, honestly, the, and, and America gets it because they're in so much debt. Yeah. That's the way to be. You know? I mean, when your money's evaporating in front of you, you should get as much debt as possible. Yeah. It's just going to be worthless. You know, yeah. well, I mean, uh, it's, it's true. I mean, that's a that's a really good point. See, that's a paradigm shift as well. Like that is, you know, a, a currency that is losing value is a reason to acquire debt. Yeah, because I mean, low interest debt, especially yeah, exactly low interest debt. <laughs> yeah. So um, so then that takes me back to like. Where kind of like this thing has no value it's a mytho- it's a mythology it's a story i would argue there's a neuro- neurological bypass that this seeing this thing does to you that um that 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 stimulates the like endless hunger right and oh I'm, yeah no, going I, back dude, I, I want to jive off that cuz i couldn't agree more you know uh, one of the things that i don't know okay i wish i could attribute to who i learned it from but being able to control your perspective and your frame of mind you know being able to control your attitude and and what do you want to look like? Because in every moment, you know, 
your there's endless suffering that you can focus on pain sorrow like hate like all over the world there is you know people in Myanmar right now are getting destroyed oh, and we could God, yeah. talk about how right. horrible these things are mm-hmm. these or we could talk about the incredible amazing like ecstasy that's going on right now so many people are falling in love and there's like, you know, my, my friend just found his backpack that was stolen from him and, you know, like he was able to get all his stuff back and it's like so like amazing that he was, you know, and we could, and we can start looking at the positive things in life and, you know, you get to choose every moment where you want to put your thing. But you know what? It's, it's really hard to, not everyone's a fucking Buddhist monk. Sorry for the swearing. Uh, clearly I'm not, you know. But, uh, you know, at least once you have some awareness, it helps. And you can, if you can, like, step outside yourself and be like, whoa, I'm focusing on the wrong stuff right now, you know? Uh, but when you're not, like, in total control of your mind and the monkey mind is just going and you see some of this stuff, boom, you're in scarcity mindset, you know? And it just, it turns that on, just like you said. And that's a big problem, man. That's a huge thing. That's something that with Giveth, we want to, like, try to take the money out because of that, like, trigger. And uh, it's so that people can still feel altruistic, you know, and like want to help make the world a better place. And so like, you know, and and I think that if we could create a system where it didn't drop you in the scarcity mindset when you start seeing this stuff, the whole like everyone would be happier. I and mean, that's the magic of Burning Man. I mean, that's the that's where where we met, actually. You know, uh, the, that's that's the coolest thing about the burn is there's no money. And everyone is all lovey-dovey. And, and everybody's fine. Like, that's oh, yeah. the part. Like, the, the mythology, the big, the big joke is everybody thinks money is the thing. But if you just remove that money and you put a community of people together who are working together and sharing, like, not even sharing, gifting, which is an entirely different modality. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, the world... Yeah, it, it, it is a new way of indirect exchange. That's what right. we do at Burning Man, it is a form, it is an economy. It is, and, no, it's absolutely an economy, yeah. And, and people are exchanging items all day, except it's a one-way exchange. That's right. With an, with, there is kind of an expectation. You know, we say give without expectation, but you expect that people are part of this community and are also doing that. Yeah. And, and if they're not, it's okay because there's enough abundance at the burn. It only lasts a week, right? But in general, when you are in that culture, you can't help it. Like I, I brought about 30 new people to the burn this year. Uh, I'm leading. In fact, one of the big things I want to do is try to get. I want to get crypto to the burners, but not to help the burners, but so that they can help crypto. Of because course. I want their perspective. I want them to be experimenting with, they've built such an incredible economy. I want them experimenting with these tools so that they can try to build a new economy with this amazing power to create currencies and create economies and experiment, you know, because I'm a big, you know, I've read Ludwig von Mises' Human Action like twice. You know, I love Austrian economics, but it's missing the heart, you know. It's, It's built... For people that don't know each other like that's it's like how do we have economy like let's start with one man on an island and then let's build it up but there's never any discussion of one man on an island who then meets a beautiful woman and falls in love and what incentivizes his actions then right 
how can we embed love into the technology? Like that's what I, I want to see the burners play with that, you know, uh, and modeling human actions, not based on just incentivization, but what let's model the human action that drives a mother to take care of a child. You know, like, let's look at that and see if we can start modeling some some uh, some movement, you know, get get some experimentation on that. Uh, but uh, and, and we will if the burners get in. But anyway, uh, so I, I brought a bunch of new people to the burn. They had no idea what was going on. And by the end of it, they were so in love with the culture and so immersed in it. They're like, next year, I want to do this, and I want to give this, and let's get, like, a bunch of drones delivering presents to everyone, you know, because all my guys were high-tech, like, nerds that wanted to do cool stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, and it's like, well, okay, yeah, let's let's talk about drones at the burn. I don't know. But, but either way, they were so, like, once you get into that culture, you just want to give. You can't help it. And, and so it's an easy expectation to have. When you're like, hey, here's some French toast, you know, like, you know, that guy's going to come back and pay it forward. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, so. yeah. I, so I've got like 20 things there. So let's, let's, I want to, I want to pull out a couple pieces. So number one is the one piece, which is funny. All of a sudden I'm like, we're, you and I, we are doing the same thing, right? Because what you're saying is, and by the way, now that I hear what you're trying to do with Giveth, um, I actually have some ideas I can share with you about how to do that. So the first thing to understand is that the symbol is hacking your neurology. So spending time to change people's neurology around this is not actually going to work. Right. So that's what's so interesting about Burning Man. One of the reasons why the gifting works is because there is no cash. You, the only place you can have to, to spend cash and even have to think about it is at center camp for some coffee or chai at four o'clock in the morning, which I'm grateful for. I would still love, you know, I would still love it to be, but even then, like I'm sometimes like, like it, because you're just in such an altered state, you're, you know, you pull these out, like they're sort of like, <laughs> you know, like fish, you know, they're just like, oh, there's some stuff here. Right. Whatever. It's so meaningless. It's kind of like yeah. a joke. And so, you know, there's, there's that, there's that, there's that flow. And then you see people who are like in transition who don't understand where they are yet. You know, they're oftentimes noobs and they're showing up at the culture and they're just like, I would like a, uh a soy latte with a, you know, and they're just doing like the shtick that they do at, you know, coffee chains, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and I would like that with a little, you know, and, and it's hilarious because they, they haven't, they haven't been stripped naked of all of these beliefs yet. But if you put yourself in the face of that culture, it will happen. Um, I, um, I, I, was in tremendous pain about uh, four years ago. So, you know, between the the uh, Bitcoin being stolen and losing my primary source of income and, you know, trying to figure out what to do, um, I, you know, I remember I was talking with my girlfriend and she was like, you know, you should really, I mean, Burning Man is like your home, like go. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like, I have to spend money I don't have. And you know, yada, yada, yada. But I remember there was a moment, I get goosebumps thinking about it because there was this moment where 
you know, I was so depressed before I left. I just felt so beaten down and you get into this, like I'm a failure and all this, you know, upward social comparison we do when we're oh, dealing right. with money and stuff. And, um, but, but at the burn, you know, it's equalized. It's a gift economy. People are there. There's no, you know, all I needed was like, literally, I think the whole week I spent, you know, 30 bucks or something. Right. I mean, you know, like actual, um, but I was completely, the story within about a day, the story disappeared. It literally evaporated. It just was like gone. Right. And so all of a sudden my well being, my creativity, my happiness, my joy, my inspiration, my awe. And that was the moment when I was like, it cemented for me because even though I wrote the book and even though I understand symbols, I did not realize that this was a brain. It's like a, a programmed since birth brain hack that just bypasses all your prefrontal cortex and just goes to like, you're going to die alone and in poverty. No, I mean, we're, we're, it's like we're swimming in it. You know, it's like fish in water. They don't know the water exists. It's just always there. So once I got that gap in my awareness, then I was able to leverage other, you know, just like you start to realize like, oh, well, if I could do that for two weeks, why can't I do that for a month or a year? And that's really what started to change. And then when I met you um, and you're the like, I looked at you and I was like, oh, he has the piece that I have been looking for for the last 20 years since I discovered this stuff about mythology. You found the, the paradigm shift around money. I don't even want to use that word. You found the paradigm shift around energy, currency, exchange, possibility. And I was like, oh, he's living in that reality. And that was it. I was like, I'm back in. Like the, literally that second, I was like, I'm back. I'm back. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. That's not the point. Um, and that was it. And that, that is the par- That's what we are dealing with. So, so what you're doing and what actually what I'm doing, this whole thing with AI is my idea is part of what I want to do is like, I want to say, okay, first of all, what happens if I can help create a brain that is not so deeply affected by symbols and mythologies that we've all grown up with. How does that clarify your vision? For me, it radically changed every area of my life. The last sticking point was, was around money. And I saw when you explained crypto and the smart contracts and all this stuff and giveth, and I was just like, this is it. I'm like, no more calls. We have our winner. Like this was the missing piece for me. So I, I grokked it instantly at this, like, epically high level and then i was like okay well how do we start to create in essence machines machine learning that helps us demythologize ourselves, right one of the reasons why these freaking stories have such legs is because you can look at somebody and you can go like oh my god i just had one of these conversations literally five minutes before our call somebody said oh my god i don't have enough money to pay my water bill and i'm so freaked out i don't know how i'm gonna you know but do you know what what happened for me? I don't live it. That universe is gone. So, so he said that thing and it bounced off. And my reaction completely up leveled his thinking at like this whole. It was like, it was like I had pulled this burden of 
you know, death and despair just off in a second because I'm like, no, like that's not, it's not a real thing. You're just, you're believing in Santa Claus right now. Like, you know, and, and that is, that is the power. I think if we can start to create intelligent things that don't mirror back our worst fears, that don't echo back our, our, you know, echo chamber, our worst nightmares of ideas. And they, they just go like, no, actually in reality, boom, here's what we see. You know, here's kind of a way to think about this without the mythology, without the drama, without the emotion. That's what I'm super excited about. I think we can start that yeah. with, with money. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like it sucks because we're both very privileged. I mean, we're tall white American males. Yeah, yeah of course. Huge privilege there. And then, you know, we got into crypto. And so for us, you know, money just isn't a thing anymore. Like that, that's the magic of anyone who's been in crypto for long enough. I mean, it is ridiculous. Like if you had $20,000 worth of ether in January of this year, yeah. you're a millionaire. Yeah. Okay. Like that's how ridiculous this world is right now. Yeah. But we got to remember there are obviously a lot of people who aren't tall white American males who aren't privileged enough and do have trouble with paying their, their, their water bill. But the problem is not that you don't have enough money. Honestly, the power, to me, it's about the power of community. It's like well, you, I, and telling that story is is painful. You know, like that story, it's like, first off, like, ugh, I, I don't like hearing this. I don't have enough of anything, you know, scarcity mindset. Yeah, for sure, bounce. But like, at the same time, it's like, okay, well, what, what do you need? And giving someone money is never going to help anybody. Like, that's just, to me, that's almost why I started giving, because charity is not generally the right answer for most people. Now, building a community so that they, everyone can feel you know, loved and, and we can address their lacks so that they can start being a contributing part of society and actually start receiving some kind of value, some kind of wealth back for their actions on a daily basis because they're providing value to the community that is right. respected and believed in, you know, I mean, that is important. Like that's why that's, that's what money is supposed to incentivize. It's supposed to help us so that we can all collaborate together and build a better world, you know? And, and it's, it's, to me, it's supposed to be happiness points. I you know? totally agree. Steve jobs deserves a fuck ton of happiness points because so many people have so many iPhones, you know, <laughs> he's made a lot of people really happy. Yeah. And so he should get happiness points. Yeah. I'm, 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 this, this is cool. Like, I think that that's a cool system. However, it's not perfect. It's, it's gotten us really far. I mean, you know, I talk a lot of shit about money, but holy man, uh, it's like where we are as a society could not have, we could not have done it with such a fluid, without such a fluid, you know, like the banks are doing a great job. Look at us. Like there's so much abundance around us, but there's, you know, we can still make it better. Just because it's done such a good job so far, that doesn't mean that we can't start playing around and experimenting. Um, hey, can I talk about Giveth a little bit? Of course, please. Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a it's a different thing. So, like you know, we're we're trying to rewrite the story around charity. We're trying to build uh, communities around causes, and that's that's kind of the, the the aim. And to do that, we have two pieces that are really important. Number one, we want to have everything completely transparent, right? If you send a donation to something, you should be able to walk away 
10 years later, look it up and see exactly who it, who it went to, what it was used for, right? And that's just, and that's so easy with crypto. Right, it's blockchain. Honestly, yeah, honestly, it's easy in the regular world too. Yeah. It's just easier with crypto. And another thing that we want to do is kind of create accountability. You know, there's, and that's one of the biggest pieces problem when we were talking about ICOs earlier, it's one of the biggest problems in the ICO space. There's no accountability on the funds. When we did the DAO, if you wanted money from the DAO, you had to create a proposal and generally those proposals would have milestones. And if you raised, you know, you know, $35 million, uh, then you would have to, you wouldn't just get the $35 million. You'd go in a smart contract and you'd get pieces of it. And, and, and as long as you were following your roadmap, you would get more and more and more. And I want to continue that with Give It. You know, if you're a charity and you want to build an orphanage, that's awesome. We want to support you. Everyone in the orphan in the orphan community. Well, we're calling uh, so so before we had DAOs, and uh, the DAO was a for-profit entity, and that always kind of struck me wrong. Like a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization, and to put that in perspective. The closest thing to a DAO would be a centralized autonomous organization, which is a government, Correct. which ideally is a nonprofit entity, right? Uh, you know, uh, the internet is a decentralized autonomous network. It's not self-organizing in a way. There's no incentive structure, so it's not an organization, right? Um, so, but autonomy is a really tough thing to achieve. That's why pretty much only governments and extremely uh, robust networks, like generally the internet or BitTorrent networks or Bitcoin, Ethereum, all these are networks. Those can gain autonomy because they rely on independent decentralized nodes connecting with each other. And I know there's this internet kill switch, but I'm sorry, you can't stop a computer from networking with another computer. Right. There will always be an internet, even though there's huge, uh, you know, ISPs that really control, it's kind of a hub and spoke model, and there's all the gateways are definitely controlled. There are ways around that. You can run your own server, you can connect with other people, you can control your peer list, and you can create a decentralized internet. And that's what Jordi and uh, Victor from IPFS were talking about, just like five feet away from me three hours ago, right? It's not, these things aren't difficult. But anyway, I digress. Uh, the tangents, I just can't help myself. Um, so with Giveth, we're creating, instead of DAOs, we're creating DACs, decentralized altruistic communities. Because honestly, there's a good reason why uh, no one, I, the DAO is the only DAO that's ever existed in on the Ethereum system. Every cryptocurrency itself is a DAO. Bitcoin is a decentralized autonomous organization. Ethereum is a decentralized. But ever since the DAO, Everyone kind of realized that smart contracts are not quite ready to be autonomous. They're not quite ready to, you know, like we with Slocket, we tried to run before we could crawl, honestly. Uh, so the programming language we were working with was eight months old. Yeah. And, you know, like software has this, like, you know, we're so used to software that you can just upgrade and it's not right. a big right. but it's a, it, We're playing a different game. Uh, yeah. Trust there. I got that from. Andreas Antonopoulos, you know, trustware is a different story. And so it's more, has more of a hardware aspect. So it takes longer to build autonomous networks with smart contracts, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So we're starting with just altruistic gotcha. community. I like that. Because, 
we want to have an escape hatch on all like you know luckily i've been through some really tough things uh with the dow and jordy is in and our team our smart our smart contract team which is one of the best in the space uh they they have seen a lot of things we work on a lot of icos we've seen the good the bad we watch the space closely we want to make sure there's always like the security is top notch right um so we just can't, we're just, we're, and even decentralized, you know, that has an asterisk because we need to have security features themselves are centralizing. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a little technical. I should go back to Git. So uh, we're creating these things, decentralized uh, altruistic communities. And those are going to be the new type of charity that we want to build where anyone who wants to help orphans in any, or let, hey, what's your fra favorite like charitable cause? What do you think, Lauren? I mean, I mean, for me, it's uh, it it really is like there's so much need just in the United States. I mean, literally, like w five miles from where I'm sitting, there's as intense poverty as there is anywhere on the planet. You know, like that that's really close to me because I grew up on the streets in New York. So okay. I want to I want to help. I, you know, I, I, that those you know, those people where barriers to entry are not only money but computers and learning, and you know, you go to a school five miles from here that is using textbooks that's you know 25 years old stuff like that like that that hits so me helping, close helping the impoverished communities of southern california maybe yeah okay so so then like let's say that we want to build a decentralized altruistic community that is just focused on helping people in southern california mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you are in you know no, it doesn't matter where you are on planet Earth. Yeah, yeah. Or you, know, you can donate ether anywhere in the world. Uh -huh. And maybe you maybe you grew up in, in you know South Central LA and you want to help those guys and but you happen to have made it up to you know Australia and you're doing well, well you can still be part of this community. Right. And that community could just live in a chat room, right? But we want to in, we want to enable them to actually use the power of donations. Right when someone donates to something, that's an opportunity to connect somebody to someone else who shares their value. Right now, charities kind of stand in the middle, yes. and they block this opportunity for connection. That there's someone who cares. They care so much, they're going to overpower that that broken neurology and get over their story and just give money away. You know, and right now they just have to hope that it gets used somehow for good. But what we want to do is we want to get rid of that charity in the middle and actually connect them to the person who's going to use their money. But there's a problem. The problem is that most people don't want to have to find that person, right? There's this, this, this marketplace. Well, for sure, of course. Right? I mean, I just want to help. I just want to help people in South Central LA, you know, and, and in Southern California in general. So, like, I'll just donate to... The Southern, you know, I have a job. I'm running a podcast over here. I'm, I'm meeting really cool people in the Ethereum space and building an ICO for an AI, you know, thing. Like, you got a lot going on, man. You can't be spending, you know, hours and hours a day investigating which campaigns to help people in Southern California are the best. But some people can. Some people are obsessed with that. And then you can just pick somebody to be your delegate, right? Or you can even allow your, your money to be auto, automatically assigned to a delegate. And so you just donate to help uh, people in uh, South Central, or sorry, Southern uh, California, and you'll get connected to the person 
who actually is going to help you decide what to do with your money. And you can choose to interact with them or not, but either way, that, that connection is there. And it's an opportunity to actually build something with them, right? And if you decide to just, you know, whatever, ignore the emails, cool. They're going to find a, something cool to do with your money. And when they find something, maybe, maybe it's Southern California, right? But uh, they're going to actually delegate to a DAC that's a little more uh, targeted. Right. South Central, yeah. right? And, and, uh, and so you'll get an email when he delegates the authority of your funds to the, the delegate in the Southern, uh, South Central LA uh, DAC. And now you have another connection. You're connected with both of these people now. And you can join this guy's Slack or this guy's Facebook group because that's where they choose to organize. And then he can actually, then when you guys are, you decide to connect with him and you're not liking what they're doing. You're in San Diego, you know? And so you have the power to actually say, no, thank you, uh, you know, and undelegate and send it back to this guy. And he has this, and this is, at its base, we're building a fund management platform that's kind of like liquid democracy meets fund management, right? So now he now he's going to find somebody in San Diego for you because now he knows. You didn't tell him, you know? So now he knows and he's going to, he found a campaign that's actually educating, uh, you know, first and second graders, finding people that are in impoverished situations, taking them aside and giving them extra special care, right? It's just, and it's actually just one girl who's in college and wants to volunteer her time, but she actually doesn't live there. So she needs to, you know, uh, take the bus and, you know, she needs, it'd be nice to have lunch out there and she just needs, and, and instead of getting a second job, she actually just wants to help kids in, you know, San Diego that are not as wealthy as a lot of other people in San Diego. So she makes videos. She has a little blog about what she's doing. And, and you get to meet her. And because some this delegate found her and you just like are, you just get an email. Hey, in three days, your money's going to go to this person if you don't veto. Right. And so then you start like looking her up and you're like, OK, that's cool. Right. And so the money's locked. You no longer have access to those funds. Like before, you always had authority, but now the money is locked in her campaign. Her campaign is something like, "Hey, every every week I get uh, three hundred dollars, and I'm going to put in, you know, ten hours of work to, uh, and she's going to get paid thirty bucks an hour, a solid wage for San Diego, right? And she's going to get and to do exactly what you want to do. She's actually going to make good money." which is cool because she gets to set it up. It's all up to her. There's no oversight here. The oversight is you versus her. And there is actually oversight though, because there's a reviewer who is in charge of actually saying whether or not that milestone is complete. She gets to pick the reviewer. So there's trust there. And you know, we need it. We're going to need a reputation system and Correct. we're going to need to integrate with a lot of cool things that Ethereum is building, U ports and all this stuff. But this is the general system. So there's a reviewer who, you know, looks at her blog and says, yeah, this is a person. And the reviewer is the person who has to have trust, you know, that, that sure. you has a reputation and has something that they need to put something at stake. And so, you know, we're still experimenting with the models and, uh, but we'll see. And the cool thing is that everybody gets to decide what model they want to use. Mm -hmm. We're trying to just build this platform and let people experiment with it. But the end goal is to make the world a better place. It's not to make money. Give it never takes a cut of anything. I mean, there is no give it. We're not. We're just a bunch of hackers. 
we're, we're loosely organized and we're just working on this. This is not a company. We're not trying to sell a startup or anything. We're literally just a bunch of people that love Ethereum, love, love, want to make the world a better place and use our skills to do it. And, uh, and we're going to try to build this system. And, and that's what Susie in San Diego is doing, you know, and you get to meet her. And then, you know what, maybe you'll get to interview her on your podcast because you donated, you know, a hundred bucks that you wanted to make San Diego or you wanted to make, uh, you know, help impoverished people. This is how you got connected to her. And that's, that's what we want to do with Given. is just connect all these cool people together so they can help solve the, their shared values, you know, like address the issues that concern them. I mean, no, I mean, bro, I'm like, let's do this like today. Like, it's incredible. I've, I've actually never, I'm really, that was one of the things that I wanted to, to do was just, you know, hear what giveth was like, really understand it. I got it. I mean, this needs to happen like yesterday. So I'm excited about that. Cause I've been, you know, I've been, I believe in what you're, I mean, I way believe in what you're doing. I get it. And, and I understand it at a much deeper level because because the point is, is, is not for us to dictate in a centralized authority, this is how you will use our platform, but to create tools and let people use them. And, you know, there will be things that evolve around this that we can't even conceive of. That's exciting. That's to me. Right. I, I, I want to lean on permissionless innovation as much as possible. Well, I do not. Yes. Like we honestly, I see give it as a lot of things. I see it as a decentralizing charity. But I also see it as an experimental platform for all these cool projects that are trying to do uh, create a governance. Uh, one of the biggest problems in digital currency right now is that we do not have a form of decentralized governance that works. Right. We are in a situation where the best form of government in the world right now, and it disgusts me to say this, but the best form of government governance is a benevolent dictatorship. That is... That is what the that is what it looks like is the best. That's why you don't see corporations using you know a you know a representative democracy system. Okay, they they have a CEO who makes the call, and I give it. We're actually practicing holacracy. That's how we we try to organize ourselves so everyone has a domain and they're they're in control of that domain. You know, they are the ones who have to make decisions over branding or over the front end. And they all and we all get together once a week and we have a little governance meeting and we talk about like conflict and, and it's really fun, but it's not nearly as efficient as it would be if honestly somebody like it should probably be me because it's kind of my project uh, or like it's kind of my baby at least um, that just takes the rein and says do it, you know, but that's not the goal. The, the goal is not just to build a platform, it's to make a change, you know, it's, it's, it's to experiment with governance. And if we're not going to do it, then then really no one's going to do it. I mean, so uh, oh, what I, we do, I agree. We we have this we have this awesome token called the Mini Me token. It's a it's a contract that allows is, is really built for decentralized governance. Uh, some of the biggest projects in the space use it: Aragon, uh, Status.im, District OX, Swarm City. I'm using All, it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. See, I mean, uh, we have a couple people. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess I didn't sign an NDA. Uh, Bitfinex is going to use it, so that's pretty cool. Uh, they're building a decentralized uh, uh, exchange platform called Appfinex. They're using a the MiniMe contract. So wow. there's a lot of there's there's. I'm like, did I sign an NDA? All these stupid NDAs. I hate it, man. 
Um, but like, uh, because I just want to advise people. I don't. It's not like I'm even getting paid. You know, I just want to help people. But they make you sign it. lawyers, man. Lawyers screw everything up. Um, AIs but, uh, are AIs are going to take over legal a majority of legal positions. Just so you know. Hey, blockchains are supposed to get rid of all that stuff, I know. man. It's coming. Like That's that. why, you know, because the AI is going to, it's going to sort through the these, like, you can literally take the best contracts in the world, which is what people are afraid of, right? They're just like, how oh, is this person going to screw me? You take all that data, you reduce it down to four or five key principles. I believe we can start to simplify everything. That's part of what I see is just like, why are we... Why are we creating 50-page documents based on fear? Everybody's afraid, 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 lost, fear. Like, let's just cut through the mythology. What's the underlying concern? We can, you know, you can do a complete revision of, of, of culture. Yeah. By just being like, you know, that's what I was talking about earlier. I don't think I was super clear, but we're, we're, you and I are doing the same thing in different, it's crazy. Like I, like, like when I, when I, I just want to clarify this point, cause I want you to like, I want you to understand, like when I was saying like balance, I've realized that that kind of came across the wrong way. I'm not cool. saying like, Hey, that's a, you know, don't share that stupid idea with me. I'm, I don't live in that world. What I was saying is, is I'm going to take your mythology, not buy it because I'm not living. I truly am not living there. And I'm going to then take you into my world and feed back to you. And this is exactly what I said to him. I said, man, I want the best of you. I want the best of you. I want you to come here not because you're afraid, but because you see the possibility. And we started talking about possibility. And I was like, and I was like, yeah. you know, and all of a sudden his whole universe, he was just like, at the end of this conversation, he was like, thank you. You know, because it was like, nobody does that. Yeah. You know, because because our brains are the way our neurology works right now. Well, it will always work, but that way it's an associative organ. So if I say to you, hey, what do you know about sharks? And you tell me a shark story and I tell you a shark story, you know, because that's it's like that's the yeah. thing. So if somebody says, oh, my God, water bill. Oh, I remember the time when I had a water bill. You know, and all of a sudden you're in this perpetuation yeah. of yeah. fear. That's all contracts. You have are. to do some like conversations you just you got to you know? do. That's yeah. it. Right. Which... And. And what happens, because what you're, do, what you're doing, you're, you're stretching my brain right now in this conversation because you are, you are speaking about an entirely new paradigm. And that, my friend, is why I'm so excited about this space. It is wide open. And as okay. much as there is hating on ICOs and all this thing, man, I will tell you this. There are some of us in the – I will give you – I've already asked you like 20 times, how can I help? What can I do? You know, how I want to support you. I want it right because, because I can't do what you want to do, but I see the vision. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? And, and, and there's, I am probably right now, literally the only person that can do what I want to do. And, but my, my role, my goal is, is to, is to take the technology, what is currently IP and, and just have that, just give those tools to everybody and say, okay, now that we have these as the baseline, we're no longer operating from fear and terror and guilt and shame and anxiety and like, oh my God, I'm not going to have enough. I'm going to end up like that. That conversation begins to, to melt because that is not reality anymore. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like we don't, there's no reason for it to be reality is what I'm saying. We have way too much technology and knowledge and, you know, there's so much stuff. Um, 
that if we begin to get rid of those in the really where people are spinning their wheels and we take all that brain power and say, how do we make the world a better place? That's what I'm working on. That's yeah. my, that's my, and I, I, in my experience, I have to start at the level of belief. I have, I have to, oh, yeah. right. What do you believe about the way the world works? And let's give you new paradigms because we're using ones that are, you know, 10,000, 3,000 years old. And it's just, that ain't the world we're living in anymore. So, yeah. I mean, we use so many old things. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I mean, our government right now, oh like the God. structure of our government was made, at least, sorry, I say our government. We're both Americans. So uh, the U structure of the U.S. government, I'm so used to talking to international audiences. Yeah. I have to be careful with this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, is, is what, from 1700s? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Kidding they didn't have cars. Exactly. You know? They, they didn't have, they didn't, dude, if you want to send a, a letter somewhere, it's like, which boat is it getting on? We'll see if it ever gets there, you know, cross your fingers. And now we have internet, we have Bitcoin, we have this instant, you know, you can instantly send value. You can send a million dollars to China right now and no one even has to give you permission to do it. That's right. I mean, this is incredible technology. And and the internet is probably the most important piece. Like this is like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Bitcoin is like the Bitcoin and digital currencies are probably the most important invention since the internet yes. and like innovation or something, whatever it is. Uh, the internet is like, it revolutionizes everything, everything. and we got to get over our old systems. Uh, and we got to start integrating this new technology. But the old systems have so much power that they're in the incumbents. We have to figure out how to build something that's ten times better, so it can, so we can opt out, so we can switch without, with a peaceful revolution. With a peaceful, that's it, dude. I, 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 I'm in Barcelona right now, so that I can witness this because it is incredible what is going on here, just incredible. The people are literally their hands in the air, just getting beaten for voting. Okay. Like, you gotta check these videos out. It's insane. Uh, Jordy and I actually slept in a in a uh, in, in a, a high school, school, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we could keep the doors open yeah. uh, for this, for people to vote, right? This is Spain. This is not like some random Middle Eastern country that we don't even know really exists. It's just a story in our head, and everyone tells us it's bad, right? This is Spain. Like this is a real European nation, yeah. and they're beating voters that are literally like this. And I'm not talking about just like dudes like me, old ladies, man, yeah. batons on their face. Oh. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Little kids being thrown down the stairs for just sitting there. And they're literally using the Catalan people. They're so peaceful. They're literally being like human shields for their ballots. Okay. And, and Spain is like, no, we want you in our country. It's like what you? It's, I mean, it's like beating your wife and saying, "No, you can't have a divorce." Yeah, like, what's wrong with you? And the worst part is, France and most of the European countries are totally supporting Spain. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous because Spain says it's illegal, and uh, you know that they that the Constitution doesn't allow it. But the Constitution has this thing that says international law supersedes this Constitution. And international law says that people have the right to self-determination. And 
if Spain Spain should write a guidebook on how to like spark a revolution because like they they did the opposite of quell okay like they like they just like gave everybody a reason to hate them so and and just yesterday right now while we're talking I I actually should be at a protest right now because they arrested like they without any charges or any real reason they're just arrested two of the biggest people that are part of this movement that are not political officials or anything. They're just two guys that run organizations and they're just being held and they're basically kidnapped, you know, and uh, and there's a huge demonstration going on. It's been going on for probably two hours and I'm sure it's still going. And, you know, I, I would be part of it, but we had this plan. So, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, and, and uh, it's, it, it's amazing to see, like, they're going to win. I can tell right now. And Spain has the chance to let, keep the. I think that there's enough international pressure to keep this peaceful. They've seen, they lost the info war. They lost the Twitter war, right? Because all these videos are getting out of them just beating people that literally just have their arms up. <laughs> I mean, it's so sad to see uh, the violence, but it's it's a powerful state. Like, it's, it's something to show that, like, Look, they're free now. Yeah. You know, like we're free. If you want to beat us, like, hey, that's your problem. You know, and I think in a couple of days, uh, there's everyone's supposed to pay taxes to Spain, uh, like like the quarterly taxes. We'll see how that goes. You know, like, yeah. I don't think it's gonna happen. And and that's when Spain needs to start worrying. Because, but the other piece is that the Catalan government has a lot of issues. They are totally dependent on a Spanish company for the internet. Uh, I can't remember what it's like, Telemundo or something. It's not Telemundo, it's Tele something else. I wish I knew it. Um, so that's a big issue. That's what my Jordi and the IPO and Victor were talking about earlier today, try to circumvent that, build a peer-to-peer -peer network for that. Uh, they also are totally dependent. There's no Catalan banks, right? So they don't have a good form of, uh, money that they can use, like the, the government, all the funds in the government have been seized and they don't have control, you know, so they're going to need to tax their own people and start like building some kind of structure. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of work and, you know, they're so intertwined with the Spanish infrastructure that it's going to be very difficult. But the advantage they have is that Barcelona is 25, uh, the Catalan region is 25% of the economy here. And they pay like 30-something percent of the taxes, which is what, in the end, this is all about. Anything else, it's nothing, it's not about anything else besides taxes. You know, there's, there's a lot of self-determination stuff and how they want to, uh, you know, be ruled as a people. And that's what sparked all this. But in, in reality, I mean, come on, the Spanish want their slaves to just give them more money. And the slaves are saying no. So... Because they're not slaves, and they're realizing that. And uh, but they need to form. They need to have. They get an opportunity to build a new government. And I want to see them implement. You know, a little bit more fourth, a little bit more. You know, twentieth century, twenty first century Definitely. tool to start using that. Uh, one of the biggest pieces that Jordi is fighting for. Because I'm not Catalan. I mean, I'm obviously a big supporter. Uh, yeah. But come on, I, I, that's not the passport I carry. So uh, I, I am, 
I'm going to help Jordy stick with it. I mean, I put, what's funny is I put all the capital on stuff up. I'm, I'm like more into it than, than, uh, Jordy is at least like visually. Well, cause you uh, get the rev, you get the revolution, you get what's happening. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so exciting for me. You know, he's been fighting, he met his, he met his wife at a revolutionary rally like five years ago. Wow. Right. So they've been working on this for a long time and it finally came to a head. Wow. And so this is like trying to get him to work on smart contracts. Has been difficult. <laughs> it's been difficult. <laughs> so, yeah, smart, smart contracts. But, but this is the thing. He wants to make sure that the constitution that they write for Catalon for Catalonia at least includes a provision to enable liquid democracy and blockchain based uh, voting, yeah. because that's the future, man. Well, that's, like, that's what I was just going to say, man. The, the fact that we can't vote from this thing is ridiculous. There's this awesome party called the Flux Party. They're pretty. They're 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 starting to gain steam in uh, Australia, mm -hmm. and I think they actually have people in San Francisco and mm -hmm. and a few other places in the world. Have you heard of the Flux Party? No. No. Okay. So yeah, and most people haven't. They're pretty. You know, unless you're like in uh, Western Australia, I think that's probably the only place where you could say a lot of people have heard of them. Um, they they're trying to hack democracy. It's really cool, man. Elect somebody who says, hey. I'll do whatever my phone tells me to do. And then build a build a system underneath that, mm -hmm. right? We can use, we don't have to have a revolution. We can just, uh, you know, uh, elect somebody who agrees to follow the uh, protocols. Yeah. Yeah. And, and liquid democracy is the coolest thing, dude. Wow. It's like this mix of representative democracy and direct democracy. It's really direct democracy on steroids. Right. Where you can you can delegate your th your vote. You can kind of codify your vote mm -hmm. to somebody, uh, however, what you want. So you can if you have your vote, you could just give it to your dad and then your dad could give your vote to somebody else. And then that person could give a vote to someone else. And and then they're voting for you. And but you get to see how, you you know, how right. you get to, to follow the blockchain. <laughs> yeah. the... Well, the, there's some there's some anonymity like there's there's design choices on anonymity. Yes. Right. Because you don't want the economy to somehow influence the voting. And so right. it's, it's good to, and, and, you know, that's why we put ZK Snarks in Ethereum a couple of days ago. Yeah. So we can have anonymous transactions for important things like this. But, um, uh, you know, these are design specs. So uh, we're, we'll just talk about it in general. The main thing is that you can codify your vote. You can actually say, hey, for environmental causes, my vote goes to this guy. Mm -hmm. For you know uh, social causes, my vote goes to this girl, and you know, and then they can delegate your vote, their vote. And if you want, what's really cool is, uh, you know, because this would be for more of an initiative style of decision making process. Um, if there's an initiative that you care about, you can push a button and vote for yourself. Get all your votes back. You're basically having your own representative, whoever you want, and they're your representative every second that you choose to have them. Mm -hmm. There is instead of having, uh, you know, four-year terms, everyone has a one-second term, you know, <laughs> and they're constantly getting it, you know, uh, you know, they're constantly running for re-election. Every action that they take, and if somebody does something wrong, they feel it, you know, they're constantly being held accountable for their decisions. Wow. And now, of course, there's lots of arguments. Oh, but there'll be inconsistencies and da da da. Yeah, this is an experiment, okay? We need to try out a couple things. If liquid democracy doesn't work for whatever reason, 
in, in one implementation, maybe it'll work with some different design choices, right? We got to start playing with these things. And futurarchy, meritocracy, there's so many really cool people with really cool governance ideas, right? With Giveth, I want to give them a playground. I want them to start a charity and be like, you know what? We're going to implement this governance system. We're going to implement uh, liquid democracy that has these features done, you know? And guess what? They'll get to play with it. They'll build the UI. There'll be real money involved, real decisions that people care about, but without like such a high risk situation. You know, that's that's uh, that's one of the cool things that we can do with the Giveth platform. And it's one of the things that I, I, I'm trying to focus on early because I feel like that is something that we need in the Ethereum ecosystem and we need in the world. Yeah. We need a place to experiment with decentralized governance because the sad state of affairs that a benevolent dictatorship is the best form of government right now is disgusting, okay? Disgusting. And so we can change that. And, uh, and we, just need a, we just need a playground. And so, uh, and hey, while we're at it, let's, let's bring transparency and accountability yeah. to donations, you know, and, and uh, make the world a better place. It just seems like a no-brainer, but I'm. Do you know I am so? We are so on the same page. I mean, that is that is what gets me. I have had more obsessive passion in the last year in this space than I have had in since I started in the film business. Like when since I first was like, I want to be a director. You yeah. know, like it's. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just unreal because of all of these things. I mean, you've already blown my mind like twenty times, and I think that uh, um, I, it it gives me even more um, passion to pursue. Like, I see the path that I'm like we're gonna we're going to have to come at these things in very different ways mm -hmm. um, because not everything not one tool fits the same paradigm. And that's the piece that, um, that I really walked away from is especially at this last burning man in the sharing of ideas, like this idea inspires me. You're, you're thinking about this idea is actually an upgrade of your belief systems. We need to codify some of those continue to codify and in essence, um, create new paradigms for people to step into. And um, because there is a, you have a series of beliefs. I heard them as I'm talking to you and I'm like, oh, cool. But man, I want to slow that down, begin to codify them. Because if we can, if, if we can start to pull that out, think about what that means. Now there's not just you who is the container of all of this information, but you actually have something that is now transferable in a simple way that somebody else can put their brain around and go like, oh, I get it. Because yeah. because Giveth is existing on an on a series of beliefs and ideas and ideals that are very, very, very 2017 into, you know, 2117. Well, I, and this is the cool thing though, right? Because before when I explained the delegates, right, you have, we're, we're in, you know, we're in Southern California, impoverished people, and you delegate to a guy. Well, that guy is represented by an Ethereum address. Yes. And that Ethereum address can be anything. What, there could be another uh, place in, in South Central, there could be another delegate that is actually a liquid democracy DAO, right? 
And so a lot of people will donate to that, right? And let's make this a bigger thing. Let's make this, uh, you know, ending world hunger, you know, something that a lot of people might want to donate to, mm-hmm. right? There can be a liquid democracy down that's trying to end world hunger. Mm-hmm. And you can choose to delegate your funds there and see how it goes, right? And then there can be an AI bot that has an Ethereum address that's Absolutely. doing the exact same thing Absolutely. that the liquid democracy thing is doing. That's right. And we can actually see, hey, how many of the donors like to like to where their donation went because the donors have the ability to take their donation back that's right. you know and we can compare the two and we can see and the ai can get better and the liquid democracy can that's get right. better and we can have actual free market uh competition uh in decentralized governance right and in uh and in making the world you know ending world hunger we can see who does better at ending world hunger that's right, right? i mean how fucking cool is that? What like, a great competition. I'm like, I'm in. Let's go, right? I mean, that, and that's my point, man. Like, like I, I see, I, I'm still having, like, you've been, you've been digesting this. Like, I'm still struggling to even find the words to express, but I get it so profoundly. And it's like just trying to find new words and ideas and technologies. And ultimately, we're going to have to build some, like this stuff doesn't even exist right now. Some of it. No, and I mean, that's the thing. We're all on testnet. Like I'm all, we're all on testnet. Exactly. You know, like we're, we're we, we have the liquid pledging system, which is like the piece. It's our fund management piece. Honestly, it's so funny because I know so many hedge funds, so many banks, so many people want this smart contract. Of it's course. so useful. And you know what? We're building it for charity. So screw you guys. It's you know, awesome. like, um, but, and it's, and it's just, it's a, it's so elegant. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. Like the stuff that the, the smart contracts Jordy creates are art. Like I'm crying over here. Like Aww. it's so beautiful. Um, and, and it's, uh, but like this contract is very complicated and it's, it's very dangerous. It's a dangerous contract. Like because we made it so modular, it actually can call a lot of external contracts, and this 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 is gonna we're gonna be stuck on testnet for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's like a soft, superpower, man. Yeah, software development is very fast. You can just kick stuff out and push it live and yeah. see. But this is not software. This is trustware. That's this right. is holding lots of money. And trust me, I'm not doing the DAO again. Okay, I like gave DAOs a bad name almost. You know, with with the whole the DAO thing. And now I'm taking DACs on, and I'm really hoping that the DAC can can go strong, uh, and that we don't have any issues. And so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have to take it slow. And I I still have this drive. I want to push everything live as soon as possible. You know, uh, this is just like my nature. I can't help it. Uh, and we will. We're going to push it live, but with so many backups and so many yeah. uh, annoying UX issues, you know, it's like, oh yeah, oh you can collect your money after it's been approved. Just wait like three days. We're just going to look at this and make sure that there's nothing wrong. You know, like yeah. that's just what we have to do because we're on training wheels in Ethereum right now, uh, and really the whole digital currency space. Everybody's on training wheels. We're still playing, and so everything's still so experimental and so raw. Um, but you know, eventually we're not building for 2017. We're building for 2117. Exactly. And you know, like this is like the first step and, and you know, we can build off of this and everything 
that like uh, you you mentioned. I think I heard like you mentioned IP really briefly, uh, intellectual property, which is just like disgusting to me. The whole concept it just makes me dry heat. Okay, uh, it's like talk about art. Talk about scarcity mindset. You want to create an artificial scarcity around ideas. I mean, that's like telling. I mean, that's just ridiculous. To yeah, me. Like, agreed. I don't know agreed. what story you want to put around it. If you have an idea, that idea you gotta has to cut it free the world and get improved That's by right. every person who hears it you want your idea to spread like wildfire this this idea of ip law it's like having a candle and someone saying but i want to light my candle saying hell no you know oh yeah 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 in no, in no yeah, way no, it's, it's ridiculous fire. Yeah. you're just giving someone else fire yeah. i mean let the ideas be free and if you don't want to it's your idea yeah for sure but developing a system of being able to sue people and everyone having to have lawyers just to oh, deal God. with ideas, oh, man. Like, that's disgusting. It is. And is not part of the digital currency space yeah. in any way. Yeah. People are making all sorts of patents, and they can go ahead. JP Morgan, like, he, they have so many patents on blockchain tech. More power to them. No one cares. Everything has an open source license. Everything that goes on the blockchain, uh, okay, not everything. But most things are verified on Etherscan. So everyone can see that code and build off of it. And the innovation in this space is ridiculous. You know, I say 21, that we're building for 2117. I'm pretty excited to see what it looks like in 2025. I totally agree. I I think it's going to be incredible because the innovation moves so fast. And uh, and the more eyes that get on this stuff, the better. I totally agree. I mean, that's the beauty. That's the beauty, right? You put, you literally, you throw your contract out there. You go, go. Break yeah. it, find it, save oh, yeah. it, no. eat it. That, that, and that's the stage we're at with liquid pledging right now. Uh, I'm actually going to go to Switzerland tomorrow and talk to a bunch of those hedge fund guys and bank guys about, hey, this is our contract. I'll probably even wear shoes. You know, it's going to, I'll still wear a t-shirt, but like, you know, uh, I'll put the sandals in Switzerland. It's cold. I'm telling myself that's the excuse, but really, I just don't want them to laugh me out of the building when I wear my sandals. So, you know, I'll, I'll put shoes on and I, I'm going to try because I want them to look at our contract. I want as many eyes on this contract as possible. I don't care who uses it. I don't care how much money they make by using it. I want them to look at it and see see some bugs. Yeah. You know, I'm also there's we're paying people to uh, write the comments on it. And even so, there's two purposes there. Um, number one, I want everyone in the world to learn programming language yes. and solidity is probably the most important language to learn. It's a smart contract language on Ethereum. So we actually have a, a system that we call reward DAO where every two weeks, anyone who's working on Giveth in any way should make it better. Um, if they make a video that says what they did for Giveth, uh, the core team, uh, that has been with us for a long time will vote. And there's, you know, somewhere between a thousand and two thousand dollars given away um, every week. So, like on um, every two weeks, it's like two thousand to four thousand uh, dollars that you know we give to the people who are contributing to give it. And, and that money came from donations. And so, because it came from donations, that's why we need a video that shows where they're the people who donated where their money's going. So we need those videos because we want to live true to the transparency that we're, you know, trying to promote. Right, of course. Just, hey, if you donate to give it, then, uh, then you, you get to see exactly where your money goes. And we don't have the full system set up where you can trace your money. 
right? But we want to make sure, because like, you know, we're still in testnet and like that system is in testnet, but right now we have our proof of concept, which is just like every dot, every way, which is like the smallest unit of ether. Mm -hmm. uh, so every like tiny fraction of value that goes out of our donation platform is traced completely. So you can see exactly where every dime went. Like ridiculous transparency. That's awesome. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's so good. And, and it's annoying, man. Like basically, I we have someone who is full time just making sure that every penny is traced. Yeah. And it, it's it's a drag, but that's that's the way. That's that's what I, that's what we need. That's what we're building. You know? Yeah, that's what you need to do. And eventually, those systems will become part and parcel, and they'll be automatic. And if if we have to suffer, we're gonna make it better. Absolutely. And if it sucks. Well, hey, guess whose job it is to fix it, you know? <laughs> Dude, it's so it's so it's so awesome on so many levels and I I um you know, I want to be respectful of your time uh, as well. Yeah. As, I mean, this is the thing. We could chat forever. We're friends. That's just what happens. Well, it's but it's also like I realized like I wanted to do this because there's a little kid out there who will hear this. And is going to be like, here's something that we don't even hear something. We just threw away an idea, oh, yeah. right? Be just be like, Whoa, wait, what? That's yeah. why I wanted to do this. And, and to be honest with you, man, I feel like we need to do this like at least quarterly, just like jump on and be okay. Where are we now? Because this space changes so fast. Um, I think about things, you know, when I was, when I was looking for people, when I was kind of like, who, like, sort of doing my first pass of like who's gonna help bring all of this to fruition because obviously we are nothing without our support right oh yeah I mean, community is community is everything so i'm looking for my community and there were these there was uh, i was interviewing some people and i was like so you know tell me what do you think about blockchain you know just what do you think about the space and i would hear these things and one thing that people say, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they, as if it were like de facto, like this is the way it is now. And I'm like, no, like you're like, this is somebody who's talking to me about like the rear view mirror of the last three months. And they're just looking yeah. out the rear view mirror trying to steer the car. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, cause, cause it's, that's what's so much fun, man. In three months, if we talk again in three months or four months, it's a different universe and that's oh, yeah. exciting. Oh yeah. Who knows? Maybe who, like, who knows? You know, some, coin, some coin we don't even know. We'll take over Ethereum and Bitcoin and be the next thing. That's right. And you know, it's like, whoa, everyone's moving. Giveth doesn't even work with Ethereum anymore. We moved to Neo because it's clearly better tech. You know, like who knows? Like, and, and that's the magic, you know, honestly, like that's the coolest thing about this space yeah. is it's totally unpredictable and totally driven by true free market competition that's right you know whoever has the best tech is going to win or, or okay it's not just tech there's a lot of other factors going on but i i really think that the best tech is going to eventually float to the top until better tech replaces it well that's it you know? like exactly and, and and that's where we're at that's a, that's the magic of like ip not really existing and true open source yeah. you know everyone gets to see ethereum you know and and there is instead of there being an advantage to the incumbent 
in this system, I really think the advantage is on the on the on the person chasing. It's like they can draft a little bit because every problem Bitcoin has, Ethereum got to see firsthand. Exactly. You know, uh, Vitalik Buterin, who's kind of the benevolent dictator of Ethereum, who would hate me for saying that. I mean, to say that. But, <laughs> I mean, it's there is a strong personality in Ethereum. No, I, know. I don't know. Me and I have had some I had some fun fun arguments. Um, I mean, not not like arguments. It's just you know, there we have been both put in tense situations where we're pieces. Uh, you know, like I'm generally a pawn, and he's kind of the queen. You know, but like, but like, uh, you know, I have an important role to play sometimes, and we don't always agree yeah. on how we should uh, the strategy. Um, but uh, you know, uh, so I'm, but I'm sure like he he would love to give it. That's for sure. Um, but either way. Uh, what are we saying? Oh, uh, there he was actually Vitalik actually worked for Bitcoin Magazine, and if you read the articles that he wrote, it's like a preview into uh, how the Ethereum was designed. Uh, one thing that there was this hard uh, your your audience is not into crypto at all, or what? What's the story? Like, who am I even talking to? Well, yes, that's all I can say is yes. That's oh, my, okay. that's my audience. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about Ethereum for a second, okay? We just had a hard fork, and that hard fork had to happen now, as soon as possible, because of a lesson we learned from Bitcoin. Bitcoin, okay, a hard fork is basically an upgrade to the, to the currency that is not backwards compatible, and most currencies do this. Monero has a Monero, which is a, a, like a the probably the most anonymous currency out there right now. Uh, so if you care about fungible anonymous money, that's a currency for you. Um, they they actually have a uh, you know a culture of hey every six to eight months we're going to hard fork. Hard forks are very dangerous for the community. Uh, if they're contentious, they're going to sprout two currencies. So what uh, and Bitcoin refuses to hard fork. They refuse to upgrade their system, and you know they are playing a different game. They're they they need to be more conservative because they're ahead, right? But if you're running a high tech company, you know you need to be able to innovate, and I think that's going to bite them in the ass eventually. They need to be able to innovate in a right. way that may not be backwards compatible. Yeah. And what what we what Vitalik built in what what the the team the Ethereum team built in the the decentralized team that built the Ethereum protocol uh, they they added this thing called the Ice Age which actually makes it so that the block times get larger as as uh, time goes on and in an exponential way so that uh, like just two days ago the average block time was about thirty seconds and if we did nothing. By today, it probably would have been 45 seconds. And this has been horrible for the network. Like, it's been impossible right. to get transactions through. Right. And, like, my, 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 we have a live uh, decentralized, uh, you know, uh, we have a large live donation application on Ethereum right now. And I just said, hey, guys, let's just, like, the last week and a half, I said, let's not do it anymore. Okay. So let's just wait out, wait it out. It's right. too painful. Yeah. Uh, you know, because the network was dying. Yes. But that was by design because they knew that if they didn't do that, they the developers wouldn't have the ability to convince the miners to hard fork and yeah. in, implement things. The things they implemented are so cool, man. 
They, they added the ability to do completely anonymous transactions. They added the ability to, they improved the light client. They, they, they added, uh, they dropped the mining reward from five ether every block to three ether every block, uh, which will kind of get us step, a stepwise improvement towards uh, very low block rewards and proof of stake. And uh, I mean, they did so many cool things. They allow for a DAP developer, like it, it's so nice. Uh, I mean, I'm not a developer, but I lead these teams. And like uh, we get to, we can add error messages now. When your transaction doesn't go through, when there's a, uh, when you're working with an application on the Ethereum, uh, you couldn't, the, the developer who wrote the code couldn't tell you what went wrong, you know, if your transaction failed. And now we can, you know? And also, instead of losing all the money in gas, all the transaction fee, if something goes wrong, don't, you lose less. You lose the, the, the gas that was spent, you know, in making the right. calculation happen. And so there, there's so many improvements. Like, that's just seriously the tip of the iceberg. That's like the, the easy things to explain. Um, the other stuff that they're, they're getting ready for, so that well, there's a big problem in Ethereum uh, okay, so let me just say that like we're at the stage in Ethereum where we're finally doing improvements for the user. This was always part of the roadmap. Right, right. First, we do Frontier. Frontier is the beginning where we build the core protocol and we try to make it work at, at its core and just try to get to work, you know. And then we have uh, Homestead. Once we get, once we feel like Ethereum works, then we move to Homestead. And Homestead is where DAP developers get to start to play around. Like the devs get to play and start building stuff, tinkering, and we see what we need. You know, what are the biggest problems, you know? And that's where we're at now. We're in Metropolis, where we upgrade the protocol to solve the issues that DAP developers are having. You know, they, they added this thing that, like I said before, that companies like Uport will use, where you can easily create a self-sovereign identity. They just made that easier. You know, they implemented the technology of ZK Snarks, which is the most advanced cryptography in the world. Like this is right now the cryptography advancement and like uh, nanotechnology of, of uh, processing computing, like uh, the smallest computing chips. Both of those things are happening in the, in the blockchain space because that's where uh, that's where there's incentive for it. You know, mining uh, is incentivized. So like to make the chips as efficient as possible yeah well just just yeah, i mean the thing is we're here and it's like oh what happened this week yes and like the biggest thing that happened this week for me at least because i'm an ethereum i'm in the ethereum ecosystem was the hard fork and man it was scary like don't get me wrong we needed it and we needed it asap but you know uh there's this company called parity and they run the second largest client and the ethereum foundation runs the go client and Parity was, you know, they were they were changing their clients up. They were finding bugs in their client two days before the hard fork. And, you know, I feel so bad for the exchanges and all the people that, you know, right now Ethereum is like almost half, probably more than, I don't know, it depends. But it's at least 40% of the total crypto ecosystem. Yes. Yeah, then all the altcoins and all, and you know, it's not just Ether that's affected by Ethereum. All of these other currencies are too. And so when uh, when you tell Shapeshift, hey, yeah, you need to upgrade. Oh yeah, I need to upgrade again. Oh yeah, actually found more bugs. You know, you need to upgrade oh, again. Man. You know, 
they don't they can't just lock deposits and if there's a problem if if two clients diverge i mean they have to shut down their exchange they just have oh to shut my it. god they can't they just can't deal with it right and and uh yeah i mean they i feel so bad like because the worst part is like shapeshift and changely and all these really cool innovative companies that are are basically get, providing an awesome service they're at such a disadvantage to the you know the mount goxes to the, the centralized exchanges that you know can just get hacked but like uh, they they hold your funds so like if there's a hard fork you know you can still trade on the exchange it's like nothing's happening because yeah. you're in this micro ecosystem yeah. that is like guarding you from the real world of digital currency innovation and hard forks and all the stuff that's going out there so they can just like say yeah a deposit's going to take two days okay we're going to wait this out like if there's bugs you know it's not a big deal uh, we'll we'll figure it out mm-hmm. shapeshift these guys can't do it so. A lot of people, a lot of exchanges, a lot of uh, clients like Parity, they're saying, hey, we should delay this. Um, but Parity's got a little bit of a bias now because for some reason during the hard fork, uh, the members of their organization, so like, I, I don't think that the Parity, the people working on the Parity client were distracted, but at least Gavin, who runs the Web3 Foundation and the Parity client, he had an ICO that was going on during that right at the same time which is a little bold yeah. you know oh you know like i i don't know that i'd go that far I, i'm gonna see him tomorrow <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see he actually owes me a beer because we, we we solved the problem of this but um so uh but uh yeah so we'll see uh i'm curious what he's gonna say to that because honestly yeah I, I can't help but ask like why not delay like until after the hard fork or two in a week before, man? Um, but, but you know uh, what? You know what? It's an it's an interesting thing. Um, you know, during Y two K, you're not gonna remember this particular thing, but during Y two K, there was a dude who was was highly instrumental in the actual upgrade of the systems, mm-hmm. and um, was kind of a visionary of the space. One of the first people who kind of called it out and said hey this thing is coming and you know was really really deeply instrumental and everybody of course was in their mythology their story that it was going to be the end of the world and uh-huh. you know and prince was writing songs and everybody was like it's and really they believed it was going to be the end of the world you know people now are like oh no they didn't but i you know like i'm really i'm, I'm very geeky about this because we have a cognitive bias in our head where yeah. we where we like you may firmly believe something, but then it doesn't happen. And there's sort of two directions. And one is you, you more deeply believe in the people who told you the thing that was going to happen that didn't. So this is what cults excel at. And then, or you go to like, Oh, I didn't really believe it anyway. So, um, so the problem with that is you can't actually get traction on anything in that world. You have to be able to take a stand and, and say, you know what, I deeply believe the world is going to end, then not have it, and then update your model of reality accordingly. We don't do that. You know, that's just cognitive bias. Our brains do all kinds of crazy magic tricks. Yeah. Consciousness yeah. does. That's one yeah. of them. The point I'm making is, A, there were all these people who deeply believed the world w- was going to end. It happened to coincide with this technology piece, but I remember there was one, I was out there saying like, 
it is not ending. This is a mythological <laughs> image. It's a yeah. mythological structure. It is a symbolic <laughs> metaphor. Um, Pope made this calendar up a long time ago. Exactly. Exactly. It's just another day. It's just another. And even the day is a mythology, right? I mean, the day yeah. is a completely arbitrary division of stuff, but we need it. We need for culture to, yeah. to, 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 but it's not, it's not like the universe is sitting there with a calendar and just going like, well, okay. And that's that again, cognitive biases. I'm not, I'm not going to, that's a whole other awesome, incredible. Um, I have identified 36 thus far, 36 un, currently unidentified cognitive biases um, that, uh, that I'm just, you know, again, it's like getting into a position where I can share these and people take me seriously in a way, you know? Yeah, dude, that's um, fun. That it's sounds super like fun. fun. Like sitting there like, hmm, what's a cognitive bias? Oh, yeah, days. <laughs> exactly. How fun is that, dude? Oh, like, it's, dude. it's incredible. That just sounds like a really good week, you know? Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, how else are we silly? Oh, yeah, man, money. Oh, my right. God. Right. Or whatever, I don't know. Right. I, don't, I can't imagine how much fun that was just to do. Write down 36 common biases. Uh, by the way, um, I just want to say, like, so the guy I, the guy who I told you I had that conversation with today, he messaged me and he said, hey, uh, thanks again for your thoughts and kind words. It was a very fruitful conversation. You have an incredible mind and I'm excited to learn more from you and get as much value as I possibly can. Because that's, that's the power that we have when you have an idea, when you have a vision the world is ready for it, but they're not yet structures, both technologically and also neurologically that exist, but it is our job to create those and help people step mm -hmm. into them. And, yeah. um, and that is, that's what, that's what gives like, when you talk about goosebumps and tears, like that's what I, yeah. that's what, that's what I'm fired up about because, mm -hmm. because I can do it over and over again. It's like a magic trick where you can look at somebody who is like feeling something about life feeling you know just disheartened or suicidal or you know just confused or you know and then you just bring that clarity and it's like <gasps> so that so cutting back yeah. to the end of the year at the end of the the turn of the century the millennia um this guy was uh one of those thinkers was like well i'll tell you where i'm i'll tell you how confident i am that the world is not going to end and there isn't going to be a technological implosion, I will be in an airplane. <laughs> nice. Right. Which is completely dependent mm -hmm. on technology, right? There's 4,000 yeah. objects in the air right this second, just over the United States. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like one tiny implosion and it's, you know, so, uh, so that, that's, it could be, I'm, I'm right. giving this guy the benefit of the doubt and I'm saying maybe he was just that confident. <laughs> hey, take some balls, man. Oh my God. Like, you know, I bet that was a cheap airplane ticket. <laughs> I bet there were not, I bet there were not it, too many. Nobody people. was on the flight. Yeah. Nobody. It was like Skyscanner was like yeah. just empty that day. Like everything was just dirt. Absolutely cheap. empty. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's so man. So well, anyway, I, I, should, I should probably get out. Yeah, you need that. to get some sleep. And um, I, I just want to thank you, man. I mean, I want to thank you. I've said this before, and I think it's really important. Um, 
because I can't be all that I can be without knowing you, meeting you, having conversations, thinking about these things. And I, and I know the paying it, the paying it forward, if you will, um, is just the, like, it's just all the people that, that we get to impact and, and us living from these different paradigms, not being, you know, literally living outside of scarcity and, yeah. and not just because see, because part of it is it's here first. You have to learn, you have to train yourself to see this thing and have zero, like it's, it's a mindfulness of sorts, right? Where you just yeah. are like, I mean, you just have to rewrite the story because no matter the story we're by stories. So, you know, you see it and it's like, what a funny piece of paper. Well, it's so cute. Exactly. Oh yeah. I'm going to play the game. Look at me. Here That's you right. go, sir. Like, That's right. That's right. It's, it's so funny that the crazy things people do for this paper. It's, it's insane. It's insane. It's and that insane. is a, that is our revolution, man. You, you yeah. just shifting the ideology and the beliefs and the understandings of just this one thing will comp that alone will transform the planet. I mean, this is a tool. This is a tool communities use to get people to do the right thing, to do what the community needs. Yeah. That and and the system that we have right now is so cool. Like I, I really I'm really impressed with like the decentralized value, like the termination of value that our free market can create, where it's like anyone can create a price. And then we can discover it's a decentralized price discovery mechanism. Yes. You know, that's that's what our economy is set up around. And it, it has been so powerful. But we're using this weird piece of paper with a weird story behind it that can be improved. And cryptocurrency is going to do it. man. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I am with yeah. you. And anybody listening to this, if you're inspired, how do people find out more about you? Oh, yeah. How to help? Uh, I mean, the best is join to give it Slack. I'm always hanging out there. Like when people ask me where I'm based, I say Slack yes. you know, because nice. that's pretty much where we hang out until we decide to get rid of Slack and use something better. But uh, so if you go to actually this thing's been hanging out, slack.giveth.io, you can just throw your email in there and then you'll get an invite. And you can go in there and you can chat right with me and anyone else in the Giveth network. Uh, we have a website, giveth.io. That will get you on our Slack <laughs> um, for sure because that's where that's where our community builds. I'm trying to build a community. I, I feel like that's everything, you know? Yeah, community like, is everything, man. It's everything. Yeah. And, and if you're in a cool community, you can feel loved. You can feel appreciated. You know, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to build is a really nice place for people to learn how to – play with Ethereum and, uh, and learn about building the future of game. Right. And, and, and when people, if anybody's listening to this and they're like, where do I begin? One of, one of the things that I tell people, especially if they're interested in the, like the geeky details is I'm like, get on giveth, join the Slack and start learning solidity. Cause I, yeah. I, I mean, that is the, that's the thing. I mean, if you need want to learn a second language, like Chinese is a great idea, but honestly, Solidity is better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, totally like, agree. That's, uh, that's the language to learn. So. Right on, man. Well, sweet dreams. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you. I love you. I want to support yeah. you in any way that I can and, and just continue. One of the okay. ways I can do that is continue to share. Yeah.
Yeah, thanks for having me on, dude. It's great support. You know, my voice can get out there and hopefully spark some minds. Spark some minds, baby. All right. Sweet dreams. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Optimized Mind with my guest, Griff Green. I hope, I hope, I hope we've blown your mind. I hope we inspired you. I hope you can start to think differently about money, about value, and about cryptocurrency in general. I hope this podcast helps you remove the fear and worry and doubt because the U.S. government, the banking systems. These are not gods. These are just people running systems. And like any you know, centralized authority, we use fear and tactics to create fear and anxiety so you don't feel safe. But I hope you start to feel safe in this new world. We're creating it right now and we need to create it all together. If you are interested in spiritual awakening, enlightenment, all of those things, you need to be enlightened about your money. And cryptocurrency is a very fast path to that. Thanks for listening to The Optimized Mind, wherever you are on planet Earth. Have a beautiful day, and please share this episode if you liked it with somebody who can also value from it. This is a sharing, gifting economy. We gift, as I am gifting you knowledge we gift, we share. That is the nature of this community. Thanks for listening.